Why does my screen say Dark Shandorka is recording? Because I'm recording. Oh, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Also, 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 he's Darshan Dorka. Yeah. Well, oh, so, but, but Samit is Darshan Dorka sometimes too on this. Yeah. All, all the secrets are coming. Not out. only on this. <laughs> also on Bumble as well. Also on Tinder. Um, Darshan, do you want to introduce? Yes, welcome to. Uh, 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 welcome to our uh, I've lost track a 19th episode I think of the of the new series uh, today on the pod we got Samit Sachin Grishan who's looking very very serious and we have a special guest not Grishan twice guys by do not be mistaken not a cleaned up Grishan <laughs> not not an intelligent looking version of Grishan no. we got we got Godwin Ahuja Godwin why don't you give us a bit of an intro on yourself because I'll probably fuck it up, so I think you'll do a better job. I think you know yourself a little better. I hope so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I'll keep it short. I mean, basically, you know, my my professional backgrounds in politics, I've been involved in politics for more than a decade now. I used to work uh, for President Obama. Um, and, uh, someone, uh, uh, Such as something behind you just fell. We like, saw it move. Yeah, Okay, I, such, that was such an was. such an on the toilet. That was just a flush. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is true. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please continue. You were uh, Obama. Obama, yeah. And uh, I'm gonna pretend that uh, Suchin is not not taking a shit right now. <laughs> but um... you gotta do what you gotta do. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you do do. Anyway, so Obama, you know, I graduated from business school recently from a fancy school and uh, and I, I started uh, We Are Six, National Sick Campaign, and I also, um, uh, you know, uh, work in international affairs and work on climate change professionally now, uh, doing strategic communications for, for a lot of uh, governments and uh, companies around the world. And uh, yeah. So a lot of, lot of policy, awesome. a lot of advocacy. That's, That's awesome. But you, you want to hear something? When you said international affairs, and obviously three seconds later, I understood that. But for the first second, I thought you said international affairs. And I was <laughs> like, dude, I have a pretzel place. Let's talk. <laughs> you know who spent a lot of money on international affairs? <laughs> Bill Clinton. <laughs> it was the amount of, like the GDP of some small African country. Yeah. <laughs> small. So this is dope. So we wanted to have Gerwin on for a while because uh, especially a lot's changed in the U.S. We always just talk shit about U.S., the U.S. and so on with you know what we hear in headlines and here and there and some stories. But it'll be good. Uh, what we really kind of interested in was like, yo, how's the transition been going? What's the state of affairs there? What how what, how's the uh, another thing I was wondering is like, how is the Biden administration Biden administration handling that relationship with India presently? And uh, and then also we can get into like more the. the the pharma stuff and, and, Kim, and Kim Kardashian because that's an American I have a question. Topic. I have a question to um, because I was reading about transitions just now. I'm reading Michael Lewis's uh, book, uh, The Fifth Risk. Or the yeah. Book? Oh yeah. Was he in the NFL? No, that's Ray Lewis. Uh, his, his book would be called The Fifth Murder. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I've been, I'm like, Yo, Michael, Michael Lewis wrote wrote The Blind Side too, right? Same guy. 
He's a, I don't know, but he's a very famous author. Yeah, um, yeah. So I'm halfway through, uh, and this is about pretty much the transition. And uh, the Obama transition to, they did, they did a lot of work to make sure the transition was seamless. And from Bush to, to Obama, yeah. Yeah, uh, from Bush to Obama, and even Obama to Trump. Yes, they, they, did. That, I've seen they did. as well. Yeah you, yeah, you did as well, and Bush to Obama as well. So what's that been like the other way around? Because I'm reading stuff like these guys would show up two weeks late to the freaking department meetings, and they'd have one guy there when they're supposed to have like hundreds. So what was that? What's that? What's that been like in comparison? You know, I, I don't I don't know all the details because I you know I wasn't as involved in this transition because I'm not in the administration, but. I have been involved in a transition before, at least with the Trump administration. And when I had to go through it, when he was coming in there, you know, transitions are pretty serious things because you, you really have a month to learn about how to run the most powerful country in the world. Yeah, and, uh, Irwin, I'm glad you uh, yeah. defined what you meant by transition because yeah. Nowadays, just a, just a month. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's quick. Can I get that number? Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah, so you're insane amount, short amount of time. And when we, I was my one of my jobs was to make the briefing binder, at least on international trade for, uh, or a section of the international trade for the Trump administration, and nobody nobody showed up. And wow. uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, hold, on, hold on, I'm sorry, but like. Did, did you have like a binder ready and sat there in an empty room? I brought that binder home with me. <laughs> I made a copy of the binder and kept it as like a... As like a <laughs> Throw that up on eBay one day. Yeah. No. <laughs> and, it, you know, they never showed up. And I would suspect that um, that Trump Trump's team didn't take the transition seriously. And I think that... Um, that probably, from what I've heard from people that were involved, that harmed the um, COVID response because they're just moving slower and dealing with uh, data that they needed. You know, they need to deal with get data earlier. Uh, and it has real world effects, particularly on national security, because you're kind of you know you're scrambling the day you walk in the door. Like you know, you basically you show up and you you got to start making decisions. So it was it was a it was a bad transition. And it was it was a bloody transition. I mean, America's kind of the hallmark is to have these um, seamless uh, transitions of power, um, and um, you know, we basically had two hundred and eighty plus years of um, handing over the keys in a peaceful fashion that abruptly ended uh, earlier this year. You know what? Yeah, I mean, I mean, sorry. Uh, the last time yeah. I think the keys weren't handed over that readily was when they took it from the natives. <laughs> I, I, I think uh, that that is uh, probably correct. <laughs> you know, it's a great transition. You guys have all been to cunt box, right? And the cunt box, the bottle eventually gets tired of reading. So then they do a transition because they can't stop the reading. Yeah. yeah the, the guy at the top starts to speak, and this guy slowly starts to echo his voice out. And then yeah. literally sit down like that. It's a very yeah. slow. Yeah. Impressive. Is that really how they do it at Kunpots? Sorry? Is that really how they do it? That, that, I swear yeah. to God. Yeah. No, that's how they yeah. do it. Yeah. No. It's, like a, it's like a, when this... a DJ fades in from one song to the next. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's very. You would think. You would think. Based on just optics, you would think Goodwin would be the one sharing that knowledge, but it's me <laughs> sharing the knowledge. <laughs> they're, they're criminally, like, they're really? criminally underpaid. 
<laughs> Yo, uh, I wanted to ask, like, the during that first transition, well, that transition from Obama to Trump, like, how dejected was everyone in the White House that a Trump won? Because uh, it's just beyond belief. Uh, and then b how poorly it started, like, especially from the transition, like, you're oh it's yeah, like, okay, man, that, that, these guys don't even take it seriously. It, yeah. That's a great question, and it go, you know, one other thing I want to share with your audience because it's it's primarily Canadian is is I would share my own personal journey because I was a Biden day one guy. And there's a lot of insights that I had in my personal life that led me to believe that he'd be the next president, which I'll get into. And I'll, I'll start with answering the, the answering this question is a good leeway into that insight. If you, if that's okay, if you let me ramble. For yeah. yeah. Um, so um, when he was elected, I had a fucking meltdown. Like, <laughs> Uh, like I, I went to, I remember I was, um, we had, me and my boss who was an ambassador were going to like Kansas to like p- pitch the Trans-Pacific Partnership, which Canada is now a part of and America is not. And uh, they called us back mid-flight and like, just forget about it, just come home. So we turn around and we come home and this is, you know, the day after the election, I was up all night. I didn't even go to sleep. I literally was up all night, watched the election at the White House, went home, took a shower, got to the airport, went, th- went there, sat on the fucking plane and flew right back. And people, I, I cried. I, cr- for the first time in my I, I, adult life, remember like sobbing, total sobbing. Wow. And I was sobbing on the plane and people were crying on the plane too. The plane was fucking silent. Wow. There was... I was watching a video of, cause I just couldn't, I just needed to be connected at that moment. So I paid for internet, pay whatever 10.99 or some overpriced shit that I had to pay to, to get access <laughs> internet. And uh, I watched Hillary Clinton's speech and I just fucking started sobbing. And other, I'm assuming other people were either thinking about the election and and, and you can just hear that in, in the plane. And for two or three weeks, I, I was like, I was felt dejected. And I was like, what? And the reason was, was because at that that election, not necessarily the election that just happened, that election was very pol- polarized between whites and people of color. That didn't happen again this time. This time it was much more mixed. Actually, Trump actually gained a lot of people of color. Yeah, yeah. But, which a lot of people on the left don't like to talk about and, and why, but we can get into that later. I think black males and uh, the Latina. most... Latinx. Yeah, the most... Uh, Latino county in the United States, which I think is in, I don't know, Florida or Texas, he had like almost more than 50% of the vote. Um, Do you think he blackmailed him? No, I think- I, what, You just what, said blackmail, so I was just wondering. I, I think I think it was, it's the disconnect. I, I think the Democratic Party, and uh, Gerwin, you can tell me what you feel about this. Yeah. And I, I think the reason Biden won is, for some reason, Biden isn't really associated with elitism, whereas Hillary, I think was, and I yeah. think the Democratic, the Democratic Party comes across as, hey, I know what's good for you. And I think a lot of people who are struggling are like, fuck you. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I would completely, uh, essentially agree with that analysis. Like, I'll, so I'll tell you, there's kind of three parts in my personal life that indicated to me that Biden was the guy for the reasons that you just articulated. And I think that's a, a really good analysis. But at the time, let me tell you, two two and a half, two years ago when this all got going, at the time this was not as obvious as it is, as it is today. That analysis that you had was was a contrary contrarian take mm-hmm. amongst the political elites in America, who I think have kind of also pseudo radicalized themselves on Twitter. 
Um, so I left. I felt, you know, fucking dejected. I felt angry. I was white people this, white people that, blah, blah, blah. And then I had to go. I moved home to Cleveland, Ohio. And I started working in the warehouse. I'm at, I'm at my dad's warehouse right now. I'm in the warehouse that I work. I worked with Trump voters every day. I had to face the people that I was, you know, ragingly angry at. And I just noticed that there was a lot more nuance to this than than what, you know, what the news was like. So that was first, right? The second piece was I was running National Sick Campaign where I'm trying to get people to accept us as six that are mainly uh, white, Republican, conservative. And um, we're getting data back on what people are responding to and what people are not on, on a month to month basis, pretty much right after he's elected. Yeah. All right. And then third, I was still involved in politics, like locally, I would still knock on doors, I would go to events, I would talk to people. And the, the base of the Democratic Party, particularly in Cleveland is African American. So if you go to an event, there's a solid number of African Americans, it, or a majority. Yeah. And I, when I would talk to people at the warehouse, because we have truckers coming in and you talk to them, you get, you just kind of feel them out. You don't tell, I don't know, you know, don't tell them your political views and you're just realizing well, they, they can guess. Yeah. Well, they, Taliban, yeah. Taliban. Yeah, surprisingly, surprisingly, though, a lot of them, a lot of them, they, I, they did it, uh, which was, which was wild. Mm. Nevertheless, like I noticed is like, some of the particularly people of color that would work in the warehouse, the, the people of color that people said need we need to we needed to excite with super progressive policies. Because I would listen to pod, you know, the traditional American left podcast like Pod Save America. Those people were colleagues of mine in the administration, uh, and they had an entertaining podcast. And I'd listen to it. I'm like, these people, like African Americans, Latinos that are working in this warehouse, and I know this is probably true in other working class places, like they're not that liberal. Yeah, they're yeah. not. No. They're both Democrat, but they're they're like they're not that liberal. They're kind of conservative, actually. Ask ask them what they think about Syrian refugees, and you'll find out how liberal they are. A hundred percent. And um, you know, they're they're not left on every issue, and putting out a big progressive agenda and only appealing to their to their racial identity was not going to be enough. And you know, when I would talk to African Americans, they were a little bit more. Uh, again, who are the base of the Democratic Party, who are a little bit more politically engaged within the community uh, during the ele 2018 elections. You know, a lot of them were more moderate than what you would see on the internet. And the other part that I realized uh, through just how successful We Are Six was, was that a, a lot of conservatives were not necessarily racist. They were certainly supporting racist policies, but individually themselves, it was more racial anxiety than pure racism. And there's a difference. There's a if we're really trying to solve the problem here, there's a there's a difference between the two. Great point. Great point. Yeah. And um, the racial anxiety was coming from there was a sea change in the face of uh, politics and in culture that was happening fast and hard, and they were responding to that. You know, much like uh, uh, what's happening in India, but I would argue even worse uh, in India. And um, in their life, they were not racist, but they were willing to put up with it because they had this anxiety. And you put all these things together. And I was like, well, the candidate that is going to uh, not stoke these anxieties uh, and be able to unite different parts of the party and win the core base of the party, which was African-Americans, which is, again, much more moderate than than how 
people display the community on Twitter or on uh, on cable news was going to be Joe Biden. And I would argue, I remember I, I emailed the campaign manager who was a good friend of mine, Greg Schultz, the first one, at this warehouse in 2018, late 2018, I said, Greg, send him a long email. I said, Biden has to, I'll send it to you guys, has to run for these reasons. And people are gonna come after him like he's not left-wing enough, but it doesn't matter. He has the credentials with Obama, he has good, relationships on capitol hill he can and, finish a sentence sometimes when there's a prompter you know right yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the in the, the the speech thing which would normally not be it would negate him in other presidential elections given how wild trump is like doesn't matter yeah and uh like whatever that's compared to is compared to like i'm gonna put light in my body to to, to destroy yeah. coronavirus um <laughs> <laughs> so, i tried it it didn't work yeah <laughs> so, uh or, yeah anyway so we but so it was just like there's too many factors for him to 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 not lose and the people started freaking out when he lost iowa and new hampshire and i was like look he's not you can't freak out based off at least anymore in the democratic party based off what white progressive voters are doing who are the central base of the hyper left wing of the party it, the core of the Democratic Party is the African-American community and a growing, growingly the Hispanic community who are more moderate. And the minute they get to the South, just like it happened with Hillary Clinton, it's going to be any for any progressive candidate like Elizabeth Warren or Bernie Sanders. It's going to be hard to win Alabama, Mississippi, yep. uh, these states where there's a lot of African-Americans who are not, you know, they're not like they're not. That's not who they are. So. I was just like, wait till we get to South Carolina. He'll lose Iowa because people pay attention to politics and they just follow Twitter and they, they, they're going to be super left. New Hampshire is always a weird state. Many you get to South Carolina, the game, yeah. the, the game's going to be over, and that's what happened. So I have a question for you. Have you ever met Biden? Like uh, I have. I used to uh, when I was in college. Actually, I used to uh, on more than one occasion. I used to drive in his motorcade and oh. drive one of those cars uh, when he would do events. No way. So how is he? How are his massages? <laughs> <laughs> he, has, he has done that to me. He has done that. Um, that look at yeah. me. <laughs> that, has, that has actually happened. And uh, um, he used he, a lot of booty. He used yeah. a lot of booty. <laughs> Too much. Not enough there. Not yeah, enough there. came in and just started really, really uh, on my back. But um, he's very personable, very personable. Yeah. Um, I have a question, um, and it touches on what you just finished. And it's something that um, I feel like a lot of, like, we in Canada don't grasp as much when it comes to American politics, is populism works everywhere, right? Populism right. is working everywhere, all across the globe. Yeah. Populism is what elected Donald Trump. But populism just isn't conservative populism. A lot of populism is leftist, right? Yep. Why doesn't leftist populism work in the United States? Why will Bernie Sanders or someone like uh, Elizabeth Warren, who, like, I do not like her. Why can't one of them ever become president? That's a great question. And I've had many, many a Canadian ask me that question. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of factors. I would say one of them, which, you know, that could be an entire podcast. I would say that at least for the political elite that did not vote for, for Bernie Sanders, I can say, you know, pretty certainly for that, from that perspective is 
unlike most governments, the Americans do not have a parliamentary system. Yeah. So that means if your party wins, you don't really get to wins the White House. You don't really get to set all the rules. Yeah. And, um, you know, you don't your policy agenda doesn't necessarily work. So you really need to be able to wheel and deal still. And um, that wing of the party is not a wheeling and dealing type party and or part of the party like Bernie Sanders wasn't really known as a huge deal maker uh, within Congress. And if he was, he wouldn't have the reputation that he has. So, the, you know, the ability to work with Congress after a, a decade or more of dysfunction, um, you know, it's it's uh, it, it, you know, it. it it's kind of a huge, it's a huge skill to have and people want shit done and people know instinctively that like Congress is where you get shit done. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and yeah, and then, you know, again, you also, America is just more culturally conservative as well. And that's a, that's a whole nother thing. Yeah. I think that Rashida Tlaib mm-hmm. needs to one day go to Lindsey Graham and be like, Hey, let's get this done. Uh, no, Rashida's a, 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 a house rep and he's a senator. But you right. know, you, but you, I, no, point taken. Point, point taken. And, yeah. um, I don't know if that's possible. And yeah, not, I don't know. And but it needs to be because the space in between is where the people stand. I'm with, you. I'm with you. I think if you know, if you're living in America and you're a citizen, I think and you you have no aspirations for political power. I think at this point you're just like, dude, I just want someone to do something. Yeah. yeah, well, you've had you've you've had a lost decade essentially. You've had ten years of just infighting, and, and as an outsider yeah. looking in, because we don't know mm-hmm. everything you guys know, and you're you're definitely the apartment above the, the meth lab is my Canadian, yeah. some of my Canadian friends like to say. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So so for us, it's like shit. Like we don't always get along, but we get it done somehow. Like it just yeah. seems like there were there was a bunch of policies in the Obama days where it's just because it was a left-wing policy the whole right wing voted against it but yeah. getting it yeah. done is also a, like like gruen said getting it done is also a, a factor of uh, parliamentary politics right when trudeau has a majority yeah. he can tell everyone else to fuck off legitimately when a agreed canada has a majority the other party just shows up and does attendance and does nothing else yeah agreed <laughs> however I'm saying even if, like, think tomorrow we don't have this parliamentary system, I don't think, yes, there would be some voting along party lines, but I don't think it would be as cut and dry as it is in the states. Like, they will legit vote against something that makes sense just because it's not their policy. Yeah, I think they'll vote against they'll vote against something they came up with. That's what Obamacare was. Yeah. 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 And there's been countless times where uh, Mitch McConnell will present something, and then when Mm -hmm. it passes, he doesn't sign it, but it's his own idea well, that, or like that, that's what i'm saying like like the pettiness that's on full public display in politics in the u.s i don't think you see that i think it's in other hard, countries i think that's a good point and i think it also has to do with party loyalty which doesn't exist here you have hardcore liberals you rarely come across liberals in the sense not your ideology but liberal party like for example growing all of trudeau's party all of our parents for the right. most part are hardcore liberals he let us in we fucking love him you even see that with white canadians because the Conservative Party is only a 15-year-old party before it was like the Alliance and the PCs progressive and they split up, there isn't that loyalty. Whereas in the in the states, I feel like you identify like Roosevelt as a great Democrat right. and fucking JFK or Ronald Reagan. And I think there's this loyalty that supersedes even your own well-being, which is great. JFK couldn't duck. <laughs> India as well with the BJP in Congress. 
Your, your yeah, tribal your tribalism metrics are higher. Yeah, there you go. That's the word I was looking for. Like the caste <laughs> system. Right. Yeah. Right. So, girl, what did you say? No, you guys are one hundred percent right. Just echoing what you guys are saying. Yeah. Uh, I, I think you guys made your points. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, man. No, no. Yeah, no. I was gonna say. I think that that's also like in the states. At least it's been uh, like people have been kind of, for lack of a better word, conditioned to do that. Um, by you know like the various news outlets for instance yeah. well, news outlets that report the way they do um like darsh you guys all watch this movie Vice. right now you just fake news i said right news now. i said i said news it's doctor versus sanny bro yeah <laughs> but but like like going back to like the fairness doctrine right like we i don't think we have anything similar to that here where like we're not required to report on the facts of something and we could just say whatever the hell we want right uh, well they did try it they did try it with sun tv and it fucking died so fast but we have the yeah. the thing is now you have the internet ones like rebel news uh yeah, but, but they, they're not like fox they're not freaking mainstream yeah well no, but they are the but they have their echo chamber you know there's people that are doug only tuned ford. to that doug ford and doug ford has his own news network ontario news network hey but they, doug ford's all right you, you hear what he said the other day when he told uh, what, what's that called, Steve? Oh God, man! He, he <laughs> said he said she sounds like that was like yesterday, wasn't it? He yeah, said she he, sounds, he sounds like, like nails, nails on a chalkboard. <laughs> Yo, here's the thing. <laughs> Yo, but who? What do you say about? Such a loser, uh, Andrea Horwath. Oh Andrea my God! Yeah. Um, Gerwin, she I, attacks I have, him all day. <laughs> I, I have a question. Um, now with the um, uh, majority in Senate um, and uh, the presidency. Um, Biden has like free reign, right? Right. Uh, uh, four years from now, when we look back at this administration, because I highly doubt like Biden's running in. I think they're gonna do a primary. Then I'm. I don't think they'll give Kamala the ticket. I think they'll do a primary and make her win it if she would. Um, what do you think would be his biggest sort of milestone that we'd be looking at? You know, that's a great question. I don't know the answer to it, but I can tell you what I hope happens. I hope he's known as a president that has uh, been able to get the country through coronavirus and uh, recover the economy, but even more, but most importantly, is able to convince the United States and the world to make heavy investments towards climate change. Yeah. Um, and because I think this climate issue is really going to hinge on, at least in the short term, on the leadership of the United States, because it'll give other countries room and rationale to to make similar capital investments. Um, and I think I think that it's kind of hard to think about it right now because we're still in the middle of this insane pandemic. But the level and uh, of work that is needed in an incredibly short amount of time to deal with possibly the biggest issue humanity's ever faced, and one with the most severe consequences has to start now and it has to be extreme and fast uh given the amount of change that needs to occur so i hope he's able to be lock in a lot of that policies so that corporations even if a republican comes in and says listen don't fuck this up Mm -hmm. you can't you can't change this Mm -hmm. we're we're down this path we're going to keep going down this path and there's no constituency for you here except for lunatics how how much focus is there on uh Asadjimago or? Uh, yeah, because I, I'm not, I'm old. I'm not forget what I have to say. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> I, I think part of the issue, and I might be speaking out of turn here, Gerwin, but I think part of the issue through the Trump presidency, and I'm talking about other countries in the world now, yeah. is 
the trust factor for the U.S. has gone to shit. Oh, it has. Agreed. Like, like basically, if I'm a country and the Democrats come up with a bunch of environmental uh, changes or or accords and ask me to sign this and that, I'm going to sit there and say, we're not going to spend a lot of time on this because we're going to sign this. And if the Democrats lose next time around, the new party is just going to cancel all this shit. Mm -hmm. No, no, you're 100% correct. And, you know, one of the things I would tell my friends on the right is, um, you know, the danger of Trump is racist as he is, is misogynistic as he is, is all the all the ists that he are. Let's put that to the side. Right. And let's just talk about (laughs) he grabs him by the pussiest. (laughs) 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 Let's even put that one to the side. It's like, you know what? Fine. That's okay. What what you're gonna have is a situation exactly as you said, and the, I you know having worked on foreign affairs in in at the, you know at the highest levels effectively, I, what I noticed was the whole world really is engineered around the operating system of the world is America, yeah. it, 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 effectively, and what what is happening is you if you have a situation where not only do you have a person that's crazy that's leading the country that is acting in a very unstable way. But you have a very fervent base with the United States, the voters of the American people that that want him there, not just like casually, like fervently. That you start sending a signal to the world that this entire infrastructure that has been built cannot be trusted because there's a you know, essentially a coin flip of a chance that yeah. some guy gets there and he wants to nuke the entire system and the entire rules that effectively everyone's been trying to follow. And um, you, I don't know if you can put a price on that long term, but it, it, it and it gets back to uh, 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 some of some of the things that you're talking about. I love the polarization. Uh, I, I think a lot of the source of that comes from conservative media. Um, you know, this isn't a game. This isn't a fucking game. Like, you know, people just stoking tribalism uh, and, and, and fears is, is having real ramifications, not only for America, but for everyone around the world. Yep, 100%. Because if I was a country right now and Biden's administration came up to me and said, hey, let's work on a trade deal. Let's work on this. I'd be like, no. I'm not sinking two, three years mm-hmm. in a resources into working on a deal for you. That's going to just be nullified by by some tv yahoo right. who, who didn't I, even read the document right and i think a lot of the richer countries that can take that kind of posture probably are thinking that in the back of their head i mean the p- countries that are kind of developing they probably still need the united states yeah, they have no choice yeah yeah but i think you know you know if you're, you're canada well canada and america have a special relationship but if you're a european country or or another mm. you know power I'm sure they're thinking about that. Well, you can yeah, tell they. Sorry. No, no, I'm just saying because there you can see like rumblings of countries wanting to untether themselves from the U.S. Yeah, and, and you've seen it for the first time. Every, the, whole the whole world, the whole the whole world has seen the chinks in the armor of yeah. the U.S. But who are these countries though? Because it's like if it's if it at the end of the day, we say what you want to be the United States. They're probably in the top ten or top fifteen of ethically, morally. Of all time, of all time, not right better now. than Austin Matthews. 
that trumpet that's still true and i i agree with you and it's another thing that another dichotomy that i tell now my leftist friends you know even with all this crazy shit with trump we're still still better than most vast majority of countries and i would say throughout 95 percent. yeah yeah where are you living? You gonna live in fucking Ecuador? Come on! Right. Hey, hey, hey! hey. Not, hey they, they have good Bring scenery it. and shit, bro. Good scenery. Shout out to my boy. Shout out to my boy. What's the WikiLeaks guy's name again? Uh, Julian. Uh, Julian. Julian. Assange. Free Assange. Free Bobby Shmurda. <laughs> hey, hey, yo! But you, you know, part of the problem is with young people and getting them engaged. And this is Canada, U.S., pretty much anywhere nowadays. Is I don't think young people think they have a fighting chance to develop a fruitful life like they saw their parents Agreed, develop. Man. Like, and I saw, and this is for climate change, everything. I read an article the other day, this is more Canadian-based, that the average couple, when you take out rent and their income and their bills and everything, it would take them 34 years to save for a down payment on a home. Not the home, to pay it off. I'm the down you, payment would take 34 years. So a lot of this young generation now, it's very hard to engage them into any type of politics because their mindset is, it doesn't matter who's going to win, we're going to get fucked anyway. I'm with you, man. And, and it's, there's a lot of truth to that. And I think even some of those dynamics are playing to the farmers' protest um, yeah. that we're talking about. Um, and it, it's a huge problem. I mean, I, I think, I was thinking about this the other day. I was talking to one of my friends, um, former Obama administration guy. And uh, it, it, it we're basically saying like, on one hand, the global structure that the allies set up after World War II, on one hand, it's been a huge success. So many people are out of poverty. You know, th to be a human being at this time is better than any other time preceding it. There's no questions about it. However, um, we're starting to hit the limits of the benefits of that approach. Uh, and we need to start modifying some of those things so that huge chunks of people just aren't fucking left out to dry. And I would argue we haven't even done that approach the way the textbook way that that uh, that's in many textbook economics textbooks like there's we can get into that. But I, I fully agree. Yeah, because like you, you, you have a situation now where where OK, if it's going to take me 34 years to save a down payment for a house. Right. So how am I going to build any real wealth and pass it on to my children? And then Canada is the country that has the largest landmass in the world. Sure. We're all concentrated close to the U.S. because we like our I think Russia, Russia has the largest landmass. Yeah. Uh, Russia. Uh, yeah. Canada second. Canada second. OK, whatever. I just I don't count Russia as a country. Well, yes, okay. Fair, okay? fair, fair is point. That okay? Is it's that okay with you? You call me. It's a king. fucking call me. Is that okay with you? It's a king. It's an oligarchy. Yeah, okay. Okay. Putin the punch. Yeah, I guess half Putin that champ. No, like, like I'm saying, um, <laughs> the only thing I can see that will actually get more younger people engaged, even caring about the environment, man. Like ten years ago, fifteen years ago, twenty years ago, when I was young. People cared. People used to talk about the environment. Everything. I talk to my nieces and nephews nowadays. They don't care. Really? They more care. Yeah. They they more care about forget the environment, bro. How am I gonna buy a house? Right. Like in, entry level jobs are paying thirty grand. They have they have more things to care about on a day to day basis of just how to survive. Like I was telling Darsh once when I was twenty five and I graduated university. Over the next two years, every single one of my friends bought a house. Like there was a house warming party I'm for every you, single one of them. I'm with you. And this, yeah. this, again, this problem connects right to the farmers' protest. I think what's happening is 
you know, there's two two ways to build wealth in a capitalist system. You own a business or you own land. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And the businesses yeah. are starting to all consolidate. And businesses are just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And uh, if you if you if you own a lot of stock, you're doing good because you own a lot of companies or, you know, it, other people that, you know, own small businesses like in, you know, in America, a lot of six own small businesses. I'm sure that's true in Canada, too. Yeah. You know, in the 90s, you'd see them all over the place. But now they're, you know, because the Internet, so many other disruptions like they're fucking gone, man. They're fucking yeah. gone. You go to a, you go. I went to one. Let, let me tell you something. I grew up next to one of the biggest malls in america period okay and around it this is an african-american area that at that time was kind of affluent actually it was it was a, a typically you know african-american areas tend to be slightly more distressed but this place was fucking the shit and like they had a toys r us they had a babies r us they're the biggest freaking mall in america that was i go to that mall every single day because my dad had a he sells rims and car audio and subwoofers and all that stuff. So I go there every day. And there you go, uh, Sachin. Yeah, yeah, I just bought a system for my car. We'll, talk <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll have to talk about that afterwards. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> the the that 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 mall is gone and on top of its dead grave they built an Amazon warehouse. Which is <laughs> which is just the kind of like emblematic yeah, like it's an internet mall. Yeah. It, Salt of okay. the hoons. Yeah, of just like where we are, it's like all this money is just going to a small number of companies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I think that the pandemic made it made the death of the mall. I was actually talking about this other day because I own something in a mall in, yeah. uh, in uh, Brampton, but the death of the mall is has been accelerated by ten years because people that otherwise did not order stuff online, like there was a there was a cohort of older. I was one of them. I never ordered. Yeah, stuff. maybe mid forties. Like some of my uncles in their fifties are like, no, no, on a credit card, chori card, no, You know what I mean? It's like, dude, it's Amazon. He has money. He's not stealing your card info, right? <laughs> but they would never order anything. Yeah, he's online. he's stealing your data, not your card info. Yeah, <laughs> he's they, would, they, yeah they would never steal, buy anything online. They would go to the mall. Uh, to go to the bank to yeah. go inside the bank and pay bills and do stuff like that you're gonna lose that whole crowd now because they've gotten used to buying stuff online and it's more convenient bottom line it's more convenient yeah. it's uh okay i one thing to, i want to go back to the kids caring about the environment thing and it's interesting because we're expecting them to and you want them to but they're not the ones that cause the problem and now they're the ones that are supposed to be responsible for fixing it or caring about it. So it's it's not. I feel it's like an unfair thing to put on to kids if they don't care about the environment as much because they're the ones that are going to suffer from it more than anything. No, we, we fuck the next generation royally. When I have kids, I want them to be mad at me for a bunch of reasons. <laughs> a, because I'm going to be a terrible father. But I mean, I want them to one day turn around and say, like, where were you? When, when Where were you when the milkman was over, Dad? Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was taking a shit. I have IBS. You know that. No, but like I fully expect them to, to tell us because even our parents, like our parents didn't live a life of excess. I was thinking about this the other day. It's totally unrelated, I think, to a lot of stuff we, we spoke about. But part of the reason what's ex exacerbating the problem, that's not even, I didn't say that right, but it's good enough. With young, with young people and why companies don't care and the stagnated uh, wages that you're getting paid. So think about it, in the 60s and 70s, if you owned a company, Samit, you made something, right? You needed people to buy it in order for you to make money. 
So it was in your best interest that people had a livable wage because in the 60s and 70s and in the 50s, people bought what they could afford cash. People were not throwing stuff on credit cards. Credit cards were emergency use only, right? Even towards the 90s. So you needed people to make a lot of money to buy your stuff. Nowadays, companies don't care because we have the YOLO generation. They will throw a $2,000 watch on a credit card and only be making 15 bucks an hour. They don't view credit as a uh, uh, just uh, a safety net only yeah. type of thing. They view it as oh, I'll throw it on my card and I'll slowly, slowly pay it off. So companies nowadays don't care to increase people's wages because they're selling product anyways. Whether it's expensive, whether it's mid range, they're selling out a product. They don't care. Like you walk around, and this is me going on a rant that has nothing to do with anything, but you walk around nowadays and you see people in their 20s. Uh, and in their 30s, uh, working their first job, having $2,000 Louis Vuitton purses. And it's like, motherfucker, you don't have 2000 in your bank. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, I think that comes from... Have fucked up. It's not so much the priorities. I think it's like the... Huh? I'm like, is he subtweeting someone here? <laughs> I don't think it's necessarily the priorities. I think it's like when you know there's no other hope. Like this two grand a month I'm making ain't going to go get me anything. So, so they like, have they live paycheck why, to paycheck and yeah, just why have, am I gonna save when it's gonna take me 34 years to buy a house? Why yeah. might I care about the environment when I'm gonna be living on rent my whole life with no savings, no nothing, and not being able to retire till 70? Yeah, man, I fully agree. I'm like, I'm from Cleveland, and uh, you know, down the road, Youngstown has this huge heroin problem, and a, a lot of it's probably coming from that, you know, like there's yeah. a lot of hopelessness. And again, yeah. this then goes back to the farmers. It's kind of a similar thing to the farmers thing, where you know, at least in America, there was a middle a middle thing that you could do. You had the low wage jobs, you know, like you know, you can be a clerk somewhere, but the middle thing was manufacturing. You can go work at a, a manufacturing plant. You can make go make cars or something, and um, you you could basically graduate from high school and have a good life. Now, the difference between the guy that graduates from college. Right. And the guy that's working at fucking Walmart, it's like maybe just a few years of education in some cases. Yeah. Yeah. And um, like it, that gap is actually not that. And that person that's working at Walmart in America now, because there's no other, you know, there's no intermediate thing. Their, their skills are probably, you know, much higher or potentially much higher than what they're doing. And you run into this situation of hopelessness. And, you know, you have, you know, the exact situation that you described. Yeah. And uh, India has a similar thing. There's not really like a middle thing. They have like, you're a farmer or, yeah, you know, you're, or, rich. or, or you're rich. Yeah. Or you're doing something in software or IT that, that just is just churning money. Yeah. Or you're in the government. Or you're in the, or you're in the government. Right. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Um, going back towards election stuff, how much focus is there right now in the U- uh, U.S. in the Biden administration, even though it's very new, is the, the next uh, inter, uh, uh, what are they called, uh, term elections? Uh, zero. I mean, right now, all hands on deck. I call it the three C's, COVID, China and climate change. OK, so all hands on deck on those three things. It's funny. China's involved in all three. It very much so. yeah very i much. thought i thought when you said china i thought one of the seas was going to be something else oh we won't even that's not even entertaining this is not the patreon episode such yeah. as this is the public no. we'll talk about the genocide in the patreon episode okay <laughs> 
Uh, yo, Gerwin, I wanted to ask you. You were we were talking before the pod, uh, before recording about uh, just American mentalities, like American like Indian mentalities, and um, just Punjabi or Indian Republicans, and like like for instance <laughs> over here, I would say that a lot of our family, a lot of like my family at least, and I, I would say the same for Samit's family. Darsh, I'm not too sure about such, and I don't think his family talks to him. Um, no, but don't. I would say a lot of them are. Uh, Pretty like liberal. Yeah. Are uh, they? In thought. That's why I don't talk to those bastards. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I have family in the States. I have yeah. like a lot of family in the States, and a lot of them are like staunch Republicans, like who say like some wild shit. Mm. And it, it's kind of astonishing to me because I feel like if, if these are people like here, I probably would never talk to them. Like if, it, if they weren't my family, I would never talk to them. So um, how do you navigate that? That's a great question. Um, it definitely uh, arises an internal anger with me, but you know, then I also look at it as a political kind of person, and I'm like, I sit there and I think, you know, I look at it as a Democrat, right? Uh, and I'm, I'm a true blue Democrat, and I'm like, I, and again, I look back to the the thought leaders within the party that are on Twitter that are like, you know, all basically sending an internal message that all people of color think the same, and it's just not fucking true, like. It's just not fucking true. <laughs> and yeah. like, you just have to acknowledge that like, you know, some of these things I've, you know, I've, I've started, you know, I've read a lot about this. Sometimes it's just the way your brain is wired. Some people's brains are wired to be more conservative mm -hmm. uh, and some people's brains are wired to be more liberal. Mm -hmm. And that just shifts the kind of the priorities a little bit in your own mind. And, it, and in many ways it's like 50, 50 in some, yeah. you know, on a real, on a real biological level. Also, and also statistics show that as uh, people grow older, they tend to become more conservative. Yeah. But you know, but what about the studies that show that the majority of people actually lean towards uh, liberal policies though? Like you're talking like 70% support things like minimum wage or legal uh, decriminalization of drugs, uh, yeah. prison reform. That's a great point because I, when I talk to conservative, I just talked to basically do little focus groups here with like Trump voters that came in to my dad's store of which there were many there was many of them that were actually like from a policy perspective liberal and even like not even like racist or um uh, uh, homophobic but there is something about trump uh, culturally and I, a lot of it had to do with white identity politics at least for for um, i would say for white folks that that yeah. that appealed to them in a tribal way in a similar yeah. way you know in india you can appeal to hindus in a tribal yeah. way. you can appeal to six in a tribal way and they'll they just follow that and i don't i think people yeah. are weird yeah know? definitely like it's like that i think the juggernaut i don't know if uh, someone else might report it too but the juggernaut covered it too that study that came out that showed how so many hindus in india or in or indians in america are left but they support modi and yeah and and, the, and there's also the, the opposite where i find there's like conservative six here canada and america that want right-wing politics in Canada thing, but they want left-wing politics in India for six, yeah. right? So it's it's like, well, how do you how do you navigate that? That's such a cognitive dissonance. I think that the, 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 yeah. the, it doesn't it doesn't compute for me why you're there's no consistency in what you want for one group of people and there's something else for another, you know? Because I feel like here, uh, the, the people that are conservative six are generally better off. Or conservative Indians are pretty well to do, so they're not so much affected by, you know, all the conservative policies. Whereas back home, people like them are directly affected by the government's policy, so they care then. Yeah, but they don't I'm care not, when. I'm with you, man. I'm with you. People are complicated, but also I, I, I think in India 
the um, parties don't have platforms. Uh, there's no such thing as right or left. There's just, I'm in power, I'll see what I'll do. And that way, what you do is you identify with the party that is most, you know, gets you hardest when it comes to your tribe. For Hindus... Yeah. Yeah, it's like let's throw some shit at the wall and see what sticks, right? Sticks who vote Akali though, the only reason they vote Akali though is because they're not Congress. They think right. of 1984, they think of uh, the way the Congress party treated them, and they're like, okay, what are we going to vote for? We're going to vote for Akali though. If you were to go to Akali though and be like, show us your party manifesto, they would be like, not Congress, <laughs> in like a different, <laughs> in like Times New Roman. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I think, you know, that, that that is an interesting point. Like, you know, I, in India, it's like anything but BJP, but here it's like, yeah, it, it's weird. I think certain things matter so much more that you're willing to overlook the things that you disagree with. And I think religion plays a huge part. The Dem Republicans, the United States and Gerwin, you obviously, you know, much, much more than, than we do. I would argue you're still a religious country. To certain very extent. much so. Very much so. Here, let me make sure my notice my computer's not plugged in, which is going to fuck us. Fuck me up. How, how much time? Darsh, how much time we got in? Uh, I can't. Oh, hold on. I never tell you. I'll time. tell you right now. 49. We're at 49 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Did we do a last question? Um, I did have a, did we have a couple things left or no? Or we could go a little. What do you think? I'm I, I Yeah. Okay. Let's wrap it up in 10. Let's go. I think we can squeeze it in. Um, I, I want. Oh. Sorry, man. I just have I'm, I'm I'm happy to go for however long you guys want. But we we have to afford a. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll we'll bring Godwin into the Patreon episode then. <laughs> you you lose your job though, but. Okay. <laughs> but only like fifty only fifty people maybe will see it. We don't even know if all the patrons actually watch the secondary but episode. To be to be fair, I think at least three of those people are agents, so we got to be very. Yeah, careful. this is possible. Yeah. Asians? What's wrong with yeah. Asians? You're very racist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, but, um, sorry, one thing I wanted to ask, get at Grishan. Um You were saying that some of your family in the U.S. is Republican, right? Yeah. And if uh, they actually, in, in Cleveland, Ohio, coincidentally. Okay, okay. Yeah, and, and you were um, saying that if, if they were here, you probably wouldn't talk to them. No, I was saying that if they were here and they weren't my family members, yes. I would probably never be friends with these yeah. people. Yeah, so... Yeah. So what you're saying to me is if you disagree with someone politically, you will not talk to them or be friends such an, with them. Such and such and let me stop you right there. That's exactly what I'm that's, saying. Yeah, but that's not very left wing of you, Prashant. <laughs> Yo, th no, this that's is not very. That is very on brand with the left. That's not yeah, very good anonic. Not very good anonic of you, bro. Like I, I'm, I'm yeah. more right wing than Alex Ovechkin. And I talk to all you libtards on a yeah. regular basis. Well, here's the thing. I think this can I genuinely think this cancel culture shit is bullshit. And this this narrative that left leftists that leftists are the ones that are more closed minded. Meanwhile, every conservative forum on the internet is blocked unless you're a conservative. You can't go on Reddit conservative and yeah, make any counterpoint. To, you can't. Yeah, they're scared of losing their jobs because you guys rat them out. That's not rat. the point, dude. Every conservative, every conservative forum on the internet is a safe space for conservatives, and they're just echo chambers. You cannot uh, bring it. Yeah, trust me, even the conspiracy, true. even the conspiracy subreddit. So you can't have these right wingers talk about cancel culture and oh lefties are, oh, are snowflakes when they are yeah. the the premium cancel premier. Created, cra cancel culture created the extreme right. I'll tell you guys, why in one guys. second. Be okay. Because people, because people are scared of being canceled. Yeah. What happens? 
it, and this didn't start now. This started 15, 20 years ago when you couldn't say anything that wasn't politically correct without people judging you, right? So what ends up happening now is if someone has racist views or or they're <laughs> dwelling into that world, they are now surrounded. <laughs> they are now surrounded by like-minded people because that's the only people they're comfortable speaking these views in front of yeah, yeah, without yeah. getting canceled. And yeah. now there's an echo chamber, and there's no chance of growing or changing anyone's mind. Exactly. That but they want. But they don't allow dissenting opinion in the forum. Of course not, because now you've got a bunch of radicalized people that have been Ex- there forever. Exactly. It, but it they're the. the but they. Cancel culture was kept in check and someone could have a differing opinion without being scared of getting shitted down their throat. You would have a situation like if someone's racist, I say this all the time. I want to know they're racist. I want them to say a slur. Yeah, but you can tell you can historically say yeah. that way I can have a conversation with them and maybe change their mind or they can change my mind or we can at least have a conversation about it. Now everyone's too scared to say it. Because you live tards, so they do. You realize home, such they a... all go home and talk to each other about yeah, it. Was, echo Gurman, what do you think about this, Gurman, we will, we will... Yeah, I think you guys both, and I'm being serious. I'm not just trying to like split the middle here, but I think you guys both bring up good points because I do think the cancel culture is real on the left and the right, but I do think it is actually worse on the right. But we just don't talk about it because it's just again, there's the way. Well, they threw the, they 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 threw they projected first. I think they came out with it first because they're the, the right is it's very blatantly obvious that usually they're just projecting their own what they are and and complaining about it. like the you whole came out with it. You perfected it. Like the Pete, like all this the pedophile conspiracy stuff, right? Now, how why are you finding so many of the people that are involved in QAnon and that are that are you know throwing these pedophile conspiracies around? They themselves are pedophiles. Uh, that I don't know. I've met some the, real people that real believe, really believe that. Like no, I mean like there's the the okay the, like one of the uh, big Q, uh, I can't remember which subreddit it was, but it's a big QAnon group, and they yeah. found out one of the moderators who was one of the hardest guys on pedophile and stuff at, came out and he put a whole letter on apologizing. He disappointed everybody and da 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 da, yeah. and. And he was, he was apologizing for being one of the hardest guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you also have, like, for example, in the Republican Party, there's a lot more sexual abuse and sex scandals with Republicans, but they're the ones that seem to be most against it or accusing other people. Yeah, of. I'm with you. That's what, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Is like, yeah. who, who, who canceled, try to cancel more people than Donald Trump, right? Yeah. But we don't, we don't talk about it in that way because that's just the way they've been operating for years. Yeah. And it's not even part of their principles, right? Like, I, to, I guess what, what makes it interesting on the left is like, Part of being, a, you know, someone on the left is we're supposed to be more open and accommodating. For sure. And but the, and and why it's, and that's why it's more interesting. But I think what's happening on the right and why the left is starting to get more extreme is that the the left or the right has increasingly lost all of its principles. Yeah. And there are people on the left who are now rationalizing. Well, if you're going to do that, I'm just going to go mm-hmm. in the same direction, man. Yeah. And. Um, yeah. And now you have this situation where, you know, you have those echo chambers that Sachin is talking about. And now you can't you can't even have a real conversation to add to your thing about the uh... I'm just saying that somebody should be allowed or or someone should be able to call me Packy and have it put out on YouTube (laughs) without losing his or her job. But why is that? But no, no. But them losing their job is no, no. But someone fought their job. I want to punch him in the mouth. Okay, I no, but lose their job, if they lose their job, I want to be able job, to punch them in the yeah. mouth without losing my job. 
Yeah, but remember, when people decide to cancel someone, and again, nobody's been canceled. Name five people that have lost anything. Like, exactly. that's the exactly. biggest bullshit. Though the can- cancel culture, it's vic- for cancel culture is consequences. Yeah. There are fucking or, consequences to what or, you're saying. Or, or believing in, or, that you're a victim of cancel culture is just, you got a victim complex. You're just a, a bitch. Like, uh, that's what I, I think anyway. No, but like, for example... There I would say that there there is one recent, very recent example of cancel culture is is like uh, Star Wars. They had Gina Carano got fired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yes. I, don't, I don't agree with her political views. I don't agree yeah. with her political views, but I like really looked into this because I'm a, I fucking love Star Wars. I don't yeah. like the stuff that Disney's put out other than Mandalorian, but I love Mandalorian's yeah. wicked. Yeah, and I I listen. I look read her messages that she posted, and they're in america just standard right-wing messages like yeah i I think it's a disney thing though but i i I don't i don't i don't interfere or mind so much when it's a private corporation making a decision that's best for their bottom line right exactly right so i don't consider that cancel culture because like you're you're adhering to certain uh you're representing something when you're when you're employed by a company like that so you gotta like you gotta follow but she's literally just acting she's an actor She's that's like her personal life. She's, she's gonna be fine. Why, the only reason why I have a problem. She's not gonna be fine. That's the end. She's not gonna be fine. What do you mean? She's got a movie coming out with Ben Shapiro. Yeah. Guest starring Joe Rogan. She moved up. <laughs> Sorry. But, yeah. yeah. I, 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 I feel you because I, I understand where you're coming from. I, I would say the only reason why I have an issue with it is. Yeah. Mark Hamill, who I agree with pretty much every tweet that he puts out. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Mark Hamill. Hamill. About yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, you know, he obviously no, you can't touch him in Star Wars because he, you know, he's Luke Skywalker. But if he could, I feel like if he, in terms of fairness, if he can post on an hourly basis about politics, uh, which I don't think anybody goes out of bounds, I feel like, you know, she should be able to tweet basic yeah. right wing talking points as yeah. a Republican. Is a, I mean, I, I can't cancel half the country. The the day, I get it. I did a poll today. I did a poll today. Yeah. A lot of people that are very intelligent, and I asked the same question, do you think that we're, people are getting too trigger happy when it comes to canceling? A lot mm-hmm. of people that are really intelligent believe so. Now, if they're getting canceled or not, and you can be like, it doesn't exist. Sure. Yeah. But the fact that people feel this means that there is a movement, whether it's on the right or the left, where people do feel afraid of messing up that's, yeah. it's, the they're afraid of consequences feel that. it's not about consequences the thing is i can say things i should have okay listen every human being should have the ability to learn from their past if yeah. someone's 14 or 15 and makes a like I'll, I'll give you a perfect example of the cancel culture that native indian um sorry i shouldn't say that the first the indigenous, <laughs> you're canceled remember the indigenous <laughs> indigenous uh what do you call it uh, protest in front of the white house and trump was there and the MAGA kid who wore the red hat and he oh, walked yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He didn't do anything wrong. It was proven. He was right. actually trying to separate the thing. But right. dude, they went after him. They did. Yeah. I went after him initially too when I just saw that little clip. Yeah. Because it was like, he just had that shit-eating grin and I was like- Or dude, there was this one guy at Sports Center. He had a sign up about donating stuff, yep. donate to this thing. They found out his political views and they were like a little fucked. In the past, he had said some fucked up shit. Yeah, and he went from hey, this guy's trying to raise money from some shit to yo, let's get this guy fucking fired. Yeah, right. I think that, but but there's my problem with left and right is there is this automatic like left is good. 
to me, goodness isn't determined on political views. To me, goodness is determined on intention, right? And how you absorb new information, right? And the thing is with the left is, the left ideology is we know what's best for you. And that's why you guys lose. That's why the Democrats lose all the time. Because you guys think we, and I'm fucking left. You know what's, we know what's best for you. And the problem is that's not how life works. You gotta give, you gotta give people time to like figure things out. Give them a leash to to make mistakes. My mother and my father, well, my mother up to like 50 was an Islamophobe. Mm -hmm. Up to 50. Yeah, all of her parents are probably Islamophobes. Exactly. Walk into the Gurdwara and see what those paintings are like. Yeah. 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 When Amr Amr used to come to Samit's house, the mom, I'd see her mood change right away. I see the cartoon. Nesi baato ki munda gaya va cartoon. Yeah. But you know, but you're you're working with different. Fo- the thing is, when you're talking about, I think what you're saying to me, you're working with different forces in the U.S. Where there is, you're working with the the, the Fox News as well, yeah. which has so much control over these people, like. In, and and there's also a lot at stake here. When people adopt beliefs that you know. Um, you know the path that it takes you down. Hitler himself said that if he was canceled, back or censored in the early 20s, he would never have been able to rise to right to rise to power. Is right. because they and they did the same thing. They started talking about this bullshit cancel culture shit. They're like, oh look at this, and then it rallies your people because look at them trying to censor us. And they and in 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 and they use it to their advantage. But in history, in history. And this is like a lot of philosophy is goes down this route. And we've talked about it before that you can't have a tolerance for intolerance. It just breaks the whole system. The thing with intolerance is, for example, when the someone British, decides, but yeah, when the British were running India. Uh, you weren't allowed to uh, print dissident pieces, right? So the problem with censorship is it can it can work both ways. And it can, and it's typically used against the left historically. It is. It is. It is used against the left. But like the thing is, I think what the state has when it comes to free speech, and I think what Canada has, I think it's fine. And what a corporate, what a what a private company does, what Twitter does is what Twitter does. Would I have taken down Donald Trump? I probably wouldn't. Have. But what Twitter does is what Twitter does. Because then a right, you know what a right wing person says? They come and say, why is the Ayatollah Khomeini still up? Why is fucking uh, the pre- the chairman of the ch- CCP still up? Yeah, but what have they tweeted? This have they tweeted insightful things? For, there's a lot of people that shouldn't be up. There should be a lot of BJP politicians should be blocked from the internet. Yeah, you know what? Dude, you know, interestingly, I used to advise Facebook on this. So I used to go to fly to DC. I met with Sheryl Sandberg for an hour and everything. And you know, you run into these really sticky situations. I don't envy the people at Facebook at all because number one, I don't know. I, I personally don't, you know, having been working with them, I, I think they could have done a better job. But even then, I don't know how how you even tackle the situation because you run into all these problems. And yeah. you pretty much need to have a billion people working there, monitoring, making rules for different countries. And, you know, yeah. American com- company is not going to understand all the nuances. I don't care how rich they are, all the nuances of China or a random uh, Latin American country that's really small. And like, you know, you're just not going to get there. The one thing I will say about, here's the thing I'll say about cancel culture. I, I think I, I agree with you, Darshan, but I also, there's at some point where I would have a little bit of a new, more nuance. Mm-hmm. nuance For say. sure. Because I, I had a situation where I was walking down the street a few years ago and a guy stopped me and uh, he was like, oh, what's that on your head? And I could tell it was coming from a place of genuine curiosity. It wasn't coming from, 
like a hateful place. But he was an older guy. You know, obviously, you know, our parents do. They're, they're not framing things in the mm -hmm. most precise way. Yeah. And I could tell that that was kind of the situation. You know, I just shared, you know, this sick turban. It, it's about how we represent equality and that we're willing to to uh, fight injustice and help anybody and all that. And he's like, oh, wow, that's amazing. I didn't know that. And then he grabbed my hand and he said, thank you for not getting mad at me. Because I think there was a moment of genuine. There you go, yeah. And I did. I just kind of. I I, I recognized that, and I didn't get into. Hey, Google, get fuck off. You yeah. know. And um, I think that's what I'm. I think that that's what such is trying to say in that like. Yeah. Yeah. That, that people feel it, and some of this trying to say. I also agree with what you're saying in the sense that like, I do think that, and I think this is what's going to happen in the midterm elections. Frankly, in America, is I do think. Republicans weaponize cancel culture to victimize yeah. themselves. They make it seem much worse as well. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I think I'll give that. you that. <laughs> yeah. And I think like, look, if you turn on Fox News, like that's you, you that's on, on clear display. And um, like, for example, when when a lot of these when when Trump got his Twitter account canceled, I was for it. I was when I was at Facebook a few years ago when I was doing this. I was like, you don't want to censor these people because it's going to ultimately make the problem worse. But if someone is inciting violence or just mm -hmm. spewing knowingly bullshit mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. from a position of power, you know, you have the right to the First Amendment, right? But you, tw you the Twitter is, is not the government. You yeah. can do what they want. Yeah. And like since he left, it's, it was it was it was much better. Now that was that was a that was to me a fairly easy call after an insurrection, but like. You know these these there's a lot of gray areas in these situations yeah. and um it, they're hard to navigate yeah you know 100%. well even like so to go back back just like who commits cancel culture more who muzzled all the scientists they weren't even allowed to use climate change in the word. They weren't even allowed to use climate change in reporting. So no, that does, why doesn't there no outrage for that? I'm not gonna give a fuck if some celebrity says some stupid shit and gets banned. I don't give a fuck. But when you're censoring academics and intelligentsia and, and climate scientists wrong. and so on, they're not. You know what? It, to, to, that that yeah. is that's canceling something. It's minus seventeen. That's actually snowstorm in Texas. Where's the global warming, Darshan? That's why they have to change the name to climate change for bunders like you. <laughs> Hey, 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 you know what's wild, German? I think German needs to know this. Go, go to win, go to win. Flip the W. <laughs> flip the M, flip the M. Oh, shit. My bad, my bad. Uh, what's on your head? Uh, no, but what's wild is... I, I, what's wild is... What's I, on I, your head? I didn't, I didn't know what to say. But uh, what, what's wild is I'm not even right-wing. And these guys, will, yo, these guys will tell you yo, such and such and actually green party such as <laughs> such as donated to the most leftist parties because well, you know what it is but what it is we do we we have a thing here called the vote compass which you go and you just which i think is how the only way people should be allowed to vote is based on policy not i not personality and anything if there's a way to do it like you go in and you you do the survey it computes, oh, you're a fucking left-wing radical. Yeah, if that was the case, Democrats would never lose. Ex exactly, exactly. They never would lose. Can we do last question? Yeah, yeah let's do it. Uh, yeah, so uh, anyways, I did the voter compass, uh, oh. what Darsh was going to say, and I ended up being Green Party. Yeah. And, which was and I, I was like, that's ridiculous. I'm more yeah. right-wing than... Oh. Uh, but Green Party's not right. Green, green, green Party's all over the place. Libertarian-ish. Um, yeah. Ours is. Oh, but hold on, one more thing, uh, Gerwin. What what's what's up with this Kulkarni appointment? 
Like, how is Biden, uh, the uh, he appointed the RSS VP of the RSS wing of the, the America, got appointed as, uh, what was it? Um, and so, and just and generally speaking, like, how, how can um, the Biden administration navigate this relationship with an actual fascist regime in India? Oh, that's uh, a great question. It's something I've been thinking about quite a lot, actually. Uh, I don't know about the appointment. If you could tell me what position it is, maybe I can give you my thoughts. Oh, it's a Sri Preston uh, Kulkarni was uh, that uh, he got a, the position is doggy style. <laughs> <laughs> guy named Preston. See, yo, Sri Preston, and there's a petition on Change.org, and then we also have been like I've shared it, and I know some of the people that are behind the petition to yep. rescind Preston's nomination for uh, what was his uh, what was the chief of external affairs of AmeriCorps. A federal, I mean, not not even a big thing, but I think the symbol symbolism of having an RSS, yeah. yeah and then there's also a ta there's also a movement to have the RSS, um, you know, uh, labeled as a terrorist organization, which I I think it should be. Right. Uh, so to have someone like with those ties in the administration, it's kind of it's kind of mega ish. I find I, I, that's a good that's a good point. I think that. Uh, with this position, the people at AmeriCorps probably don't consider external uh, because AmeriCorps is such a domestic thing. Okay, I don't even probably don't know, probably don't don't even look into these kind of weird ties that you know you do actually have in your background check have your foreign political ties examined. Mm -hmm. Probably not robust enough to to. Uh, his name's Preston. He got through the paperwork. Street Preston <laughs> Colicarni. Yeah, apparently yeah. he's the number two man. I think in no. No, well, no, in no. RS, the RSS in their hierarchy. In, I, I don't know. I, yeah. I, I don't know. But that position is not not to be worried about in terms of RSS. But like the his his views on that are not going to affect uh, kids, kids cleaning up the park. Uh, oh, that's so, good. That's good. Yeah. So but, the, the, if it was another position, you know, maybe it'd be different concerns. I think that, uh, you know, with the India relationship, it's a very difficult thing for the for the Biden administration, because, again, you know, Look, look, say if I just view myself as a purely American analyst, I take myself as a Punjabi, as a Sikh, totally out of it, right? And um, and if I'm sitting in his chair and I'm looking at purely American interest only and what's living there, I'm like, well, China's becoming a big problem uh, for the United States economically and philosophically. Um, they're still a partner, a strategic partner, but obviously they're, they're, they philosophically are trying to take the world in a different direction. And um, India is, at least on paper, aligned with us, um, you know, politically, uh, philosophically, because technically uh, the world's largest democracy, you know, you can put that up for debate. Um, and <clears throat> they, they're they a very capitalist country that has a very robust entrepreneurial culture like the United States. And I think there's going to be a desire to give that relationship a chance. Um, and I think when it comes to agricultural laws, because like I mentioned, I worked on international trade, mm -hmm. you know, the position of the United States, generally speaking, and most economic agencies is they want, uh, because America is so fucking good at making food, we, we are the world champions of making food. Mm -hmm. is, is to have other countries we've seen the tids yes i <laughs> 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 have want other countries to liberalize their their uh farming yeah. sectors yeah. and you know again i worked on agriculture and i saw that you know most countries very understandably 
uh, resist doing that because to this day in 2021, most people in the world are still farmers and, you know, access or, or uh, having the American market work in all these, these countries uh, could, could harm their economies pretty quickly because we're just better at making food. Mm-hmm. And so that's why when the, the Biden administration put out the letter, it said, generally speaking, because it is a general policy, we are for uh, these these liberalization type of maneuvers. Now, I don't who knows whether Biden knows about the that, you know, farmers don't get any recourse or don't can't go to court. Yeah. Most of the beneficiaries are probably going to be one or two companies, yeah. like as we were talking about. Uh, that and that really only go to one or two families. Like they probably they're probably not thinking along those lines. Mm-hmm. And the last point I'll make because I know you guys are gonna run is <clears throat> even in in the World Trade Organization, India is famously uh, an irritant uh, to the world really because they are very reluctant to open up their agriculture sector. And uh, so for for Biden, he's probably seen there's like, well he's kind of doing what I want him to do. Uh, with yeah. these laws, uh, and I really need him for India or to, to to start blocking on China, and I think unless something really drastic happens, uh, you know, who, you know, and given all the COVID stuff, you know, you know, the U.S. involvement will probably be minimal. Yeah, uh, no, sorry, outside of just the agricultural part, but the entire the shift to like this sort of nationalism in India and and tr- treatment of minorities. Oh yeah, they're well aware, man. They're well yeah. aware. I, I got, you know, when Obama went to visit, or when Modi came to the United States, um, howdy, Modi, India. I helped draft as there was some language that he made about religious minorities, uh, because this is obviously a concern of how Modi may treat religious minorities, and basically pointed that. And I think even Obama took him took Modi to the Martin Luther King or Abraham Lincoln Memorial to be like, look, it's important that we have our diversity. Both of our countries are a strength and that they need to be respected. And I think if Modi keeps moving in that direction aggressively, which could very well happen, I think America will then have to reconsider that posture. Mm. That would take, you know, I'm sure Biden's giving Modi a bit of a, a, a leash here uh, to, 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 because he's just coming in the job. Yeah. Should we do last oh, question? That's awesome. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, uh, brother. It was very informative, actually. Yeah. We'll, so we'll start with Mr. Hoja. Uh, German, yeah. what's your most conservative viewpoint? Hmm. <laughs> How about like that, and why is it abortion? <laughs> that's, that's actually, I was just going to say that. I was actually, you know, the one thing I would say is like, uh, the, I, I believe that abortion access should be legal, but. Um, it's something that you know. I, I don't. I don't know necessarily if you know if you get an abortion is something that to 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 be to be hyper celebrated. I, I generally subscribe to Bill Clinton's view that um, that abortion be safe, legal, and rare. Oh, I thought his view was only my side chicks can get it. <laughs> <laughs> and I think rare it comes down to a lot of education too. Yeah, yeah, and sex education, I think there should be a which is not which is very absent. I think mm-hmm. before you get the abortion, there should be a two-week class that teaches you that even though you think you don't have any other options now, you do have options. Mm-hmm. Now, after those mm-hmm. two-week classes up, if you still want to get it, go ahead and get it. I don't, th- I don't think you can do that. You can't do that. There. there should be classes where they show you how good it feels to have unprotected sex. 
and leave your seed inside a woman. <laughs> they have them. It's, so at, that, uh, it's at Tokyo so Spa, that, 100 bucks. So that, good luck. Uh, <laughs> uh, they, funny enough, they call you Mr. Abortion. Uh, what's your... <laughs> what's your... Uh, yo, uh, you've asked me this question before. You've asked us this question, I think, on a Patreon episode um, for, for all the poor people watching us. Oh. But, um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember. I don't remember. <laughs> no, you did. Sumit did ask us. Um, there was somewhere I, I came up when. Yeah. yeah, I, dude, I, I've been thinking about this. Like, I don't think I have one. Yeah. To yeah. be honest, like, I don't have a Come good on. answer for you, man. Come on. No, seriously. I like, know what Gershon know. is. Gershon believes is that females should not work and they should stay at home in the kitchen and cook. No, I think Gershon's most conservative viewpoint is monogamy. That's the one yeah. he believes in the most. That might, you know what? <laughs> he, he that believe, might be. Yeah. He, <laughs> yeah. He's not you about. He's not about. Man. He's not about the swingers. He ain't down oh, with them. <laughs> me and my me and my goddamn loyalty. Uh, <laughs> me and my fellow right wingers with this. Uh, <laughs> Funny enough, yeah. Gershon's Gershon's a, a, a radical fascist at an orgy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sachin, Funny enough, they call you Mister Polygamy. What's, <laughs> what's your most conservative viewpoint? Pick one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, kids, uh, people no, should no, no, no. kids should have to pay for kindergarten, right? No, I, I, uh, yeah, those fucking freeloaders. They freeload at home and then they're freeloading in school. No, uh, they want pancakes and shit. Um, <laughs> honestly, I'm I'm not conservative. I just play one on TV. R.I.P. Rush. True. Not even very fond. Not even very fond of conservatives. I think they're idiots. Darsh, Darsh, uh, I, same thing, man. I don't, I don't know. Speaking of Rush Limbaugh, Darsh. <laughs> <laughs> what I like. What a good. What, what Gerwin. I have Gerwin, we're, the first death I've, I've ever celebrated, I think. But go on. Darsh. Oh, no. I've, <laughs> one of the Coke brothers, the one Coke brother. Yeah, I've celebrated many deaths. Um, by the way, Gerwin, this is. An Mine echo was my changer. dad's. <laughs> uh, right now. Uh, Darsh, you have. Uh, your most conservative people. I'm trying to think of maybe it's a business one, but our corporate tax rates are pretty low here already. What are we? It's like 10 percent here. It's nothing. Twenty. I don't think it's twenty, dude. It's twenty, buddy. Maybe you you're really good. To... You got a really good accountant if you're getting away with ten. Can we move this to the Patreon episode, please? <laughs> I would say. I would say mine is. Uh, I feel like uh, in Canada, at least, uh, tax rates are totally fine, and I think there should be uh, less red tape. I think. Uh, the reason we lag behind in terms of infrastructure and tra- transit and healthcare is because we have too many bodies uh, up the going up the ladder, and we need to cut those bodies. Uh, that's a good one. My buddy, that's a good got one. A job. I'm not going to quote who. Just with the government, just now, and yeah, I know. boy, he's loving it. Yeah, he's yeah. loving it. You do nothing yeah. out there. He comes at nine, leaves at three, calls it a day. Three. Wow. But you know what? You know what that also does, though. That deters from becoming a corrupt politician or government worker possibly like if you're well rewarded enough you kind of have to because it's very easy to abuse the position uh yeah. well, that's why you that's why you can't pay off a cop here with 50 with a red because they're making 120 grand a year exactly well, well on that note Gerwin, thank you so much this is probably the Gershon and such and Gerwin's also part of the book uh Gerwin, we are 70 interviews in you were our first like 10 15 uh and uh, we're working with the WFP. I have a call with them again next next week. So this oh, wow. might be WFP Connect, and hopefully at the end of this winter, all the money goes to charity, and people can really read what Gerwin's about. And it's very yeah. The interview was really good. It was one of the best ones for sure. Yeah. I'm gonna stop. Uh, yeah, this, okay. this one.